0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury. I'm joined on the phone lines by my friends, my buddies, my, you know, colleagues, those folks. Ali Johan, say hello, Ali. Hey, good evening. And, of course, that other fella... Daniel Fernandez from dsf.my. Hi, Daniel. Hello, the
0: other fellow and people <laughs> listening in on BFM. How are we doing today? How are we all doing? We are doing very well. We're doing very well. Right. Yeah,
2: yeah we've got a lot of car launches and some news. And also, today's uh, discussion is going to be something quite interesting.
1: You might say it's a sticky situation.
2: Very sticky.
1: Right. We have uh, a show in three parts, as per usual, as Ali has just mentioned. Uh, we have a uh, car review at the end of the show. That will be the Volvo XC40 Recharge. Uh, a little bit of a um, issue at number two uh, after the break. And, of course, right up front, we've got some news and some launches. Right. Kick us off then, Ali. What have we got?
2: We'll start with something that's already quite popular on the KL roads, uh, which is a Honda HRV. And uh, we reported a couple of weeks back that uh, they're already taking in orders for this 2022 model. Now, a new announcement, uh, adding on to the petrol and hybrid variants, the HRV RS Edition will have a hybrid electric engine. Uh, and that's slated to come on in Q3 this year, Daniel? Well, to be more precise, as of
0: a uh, few days ago, the road show for this vehicle has started in, in Klang Valley at certain big honda showrooms this weekend so make sure get the information from dsf this uh, the big showrooms in clang valley will be having new hrv on display for you to touch feel and then maybe if you're lucky enough maybe they let start it up and you know light up the dashboard for you so this guy is coming and you will probably start seeing it
2: on the road next month that's how soon the mm-hmm. rs HEV is like the best of both worlds with electric and petrol motor power, as well as the efficiency of, of the electric, electric engine, right? And it's got three drive modes Econ, Normal, and Sport. Mm-hmm. According to a Honda press release recently, this HRV has sold more than 111,000 units to date. It's a very popular car uh, in the non national compact SUV segment. Uh, and it's been this way since 2015. You know, not normally cars have a four to five-year life
0: cycle, you know?
2: Mm. In the yeah. last
0: few decades, four to five years, they change. Four to five years, they change. Now, Honda kept this going for almost seven years. It's not like Malaysia held back. It's like, you know, globally, Honda was saying, this car is doing so well, eh, I'll let it run for a bit longer, you know? Even in 2022, there were people still going into showrooms and buying the the last remaining few units knowing that a new model is coming out simply because they love the look they love the price they love what it represented so with this new HRV I think that figure of 111 thousand units over the last seven years I think they're gonna do at least 30 40 percent more wow
1: now then <laughs> what else have we got
2: another one this week is the facelifted Jaguar XF that just launched here and Jaguar Land Rover Malaysia announced a newly updated version of uh, this XF model. They've refreshed the design of the car bit and also interiors are almost entirely brand new. Reportedly, the new XF was fully booked during pre-launch and then now that they know that the cars are coming, it's now available for booking once again. Yep, and you know the
0: funny thing is, we got this press release a few days ago and then today morning, I decided I'll go into the showroom and see whether I can get you know a few close-up pictures of the car and there were no cars there. And then I, I I spoke to the sales guy. I said, where are the cars? it? they've all been picked up. All the owners have come and picked up the cars. I said, how fast do you sell these things? He said, well, you know, with the situation in Malaysia where a lot of cars are in short in supply, it looks that people are willing to pay a bit more and get themselves a Jaguar because previously the Jaguar didn't sell as well. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So now they've started selling really well. And I think this is a trend that, you know, as you see more cars on the road, people say, hey, the XF looks nice. Maybe I should get one, you know? So the price four hundred and ninety eight eight hundred. That's not a low price, but it's a fully imported car. It's British. Oh, you know, hello. It it's got Richard written all over
2: it. You know. <laughs> Reportedly, they've got a a major upgrade on the new XF, uh, the introduction of active road noise cancellation technology. This is for NVH cabin noise and, you know, just blocking out road noise from outside and, and a lot of other driver assistant features, you know, like all modern big brand cars with adaptive cruise control and... Engine-wise is a 2.0 four-cylinder turbocharged petrol motor from the Ingenium family. What's that, Daniel?
0: Ingenium is basically the name given by Jaguar Land Rover engine developers from day one when when they when they started uh, producing new cars under the new ownership of uh, Tata India. They came up with a new engine. It's called Ingenium. That's just a name for all their engines, which whether it's two-liter, three-liter, four-liter, five-liter, all their engines are called Ingenium.
1: Okay, uh, now I know we have another one. And before, uh, Ali, I know this is your first time with us uh, when Daniel introduces this kind of vehicle from this particular brand. (laughs) Wait for this. Daniel, what have we got next?
2: Well, the Maserati is back. (laughs) (laughs) So our next car, yes, uh, the Maserati Grecale. The news about this car is launched in Malaysia. The price in Britain now, the Grecale is about 13% lower. So after conversion, it looks like we might get it for slightly less than five hundred thousand ringgit, Daniel.
0: Yes, you see, because the price comparison I'm taking from UK, it's it's just a very simple calculation. It's not rocket science. If the Maserati Ghibli is priced at five hundred and thirty-eight thousand here in Malaysia, this new Grecale is priced, you know, ten to thirteen percent less in the UK. I mean, it's launched here, but they haven't given the price. At the same time, it was launched in Singapore and Thailand. So all three countries haven't got a price because Maserati is looking at making sure they get the price just at the sweet spot so that they can compete with the Lexus NXF Sport, which is selling very well, the soon-to-arrive all-new Porsche Macan, and the Mercedes GLC 42. These are its three main rivals. So that below 500,000 ringgit price point makes it very attractive because, well, you'll be taking home a Maserati.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. How do you like the look of
1: this, Rich? I love it. I I love the curves of it. I don't want to say it looks like a a certain other um, German brand that we know, but it does a little bit. Don't you think? Um, But there's something a little bit, even though it's got these really nice curves to it, there's there's a level of aggression to it that I like.
0: Yes. And you notice... For an SUV, it's actually sitting quite low to the ground because it's got
1: huge
2: wheels. It's like a really expensive hot hatch. A really, really expensive hot hatch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Grecale is available in three versions. The GT version, Modena and Trofeo.
0: This new crossover actually starts with a 2-liter engine. The starter model is a 2-liter, 4-cylinder turbocharged engine. And imagine this, 300 horsepower from that engine and 450 newton-meters of torque. It'll do the 0 to 100 standstill in 5.6 seconds, gentlemen. 5.6. That's hot hothead's territory.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for an SUV.
0: Yes.
1: Okay, speaking about SUVs and going from, um, I don't know, Italy to... Uh...
2: Tanyo Malim? Malim.
0: Hey, don't make fun of Malem, eh. man. There's some hey, pretty not, good not food there.
1: <laughs> not making any fun. You know yeah, like, it, it, In radio, that's the uh, most interesting segue. Yes. But there we go.
2: <laughs> but I mean, simply because Proton have just announced their X70 is about to receive another major update because now they've powered uh, X70 with a new engine, 1.5-litre TGDI three-cylinder turbo petrol engine uh, which is a, a new option for buyers seeking an SUV with improved fuel efficiency.
0: Well, this is actually a good move by Proton because why? Mm. Uh, the previous XMT was using a 1.8 engine. It was already a slightly dated engine when it arrived in Malaysia. It was already being used a few years in, in China and some parts of uh, North Africa and uh, Middle East where mm. Geely had a, a footprint already. Now, this 1.5 engine is actually the same engine that we already experienced with the Proton X50 crossover which is an engine jointly developed with Geely's other uh, partner which is Volvo. So in theory you're getting the 1.5 three-cylinder Volvo design engine in the facelifted X70.
2: Yeah and uh, this is kind of like a a first major change for the X70 with this new engine. They've sort of gone on a kind of like a soul-searching period since they launched and they've initially started off with an all-wheel drive variant. Now they don't have it anymore right? Yes. See the thing is a lot of Malaysians especially you know the in this segment,
0: they say, oh, you know, small engine, can go up Genting, Mm. can go up Bukit Tinggi, can go up Cameron. (laughs) So, the thing is now, Car manufacturers, when they design engines like this, when they put it into vehicles, whether it's slightly larger and everything, they've done their research. Even Proton would have done their research with this vehicle going up and down the hills and all that. You see, it's not underpowered. It's just that because the capacity is smaller, but you've got new technology, new turbocharger system. So, you know, the brake horsepower, the torque and everything else is is enough to go up the hill. There's no problem. There are vehicles with smaller, less powerful engines going up and down without any issue. Yeah, so you'll get to Gunting. Yes,
2: you will get, you'll get. We don't have to stress it out. Uh, okay, so we're down to our last uh, car launch. This one is Nissan's Serena S-Hybrid that just got a facelift. And the Serena S-Hybrid is a mid MPV. Very, very nice looking family van. They've been on sale since the middle of 2018. And now for 2022, the pricing has gone up a bit because of the new look. Uh, it's now, um, there's two variants, S-Hybrid Highway Star, uh, that's estimated to come in below 150 thousand ringgit. The premium highway star variant is estimated to come in below 165 thousand ringgit. What were they before? Yeah, they were about 130 thousand.
0: Yeah, but with this new model, you got new features, better battery system for the hybrid. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, everything has gone up a little bit in cost. So, the, the the unusual thing is, if you think about it, the Nissan Serena at the moment does not have a competitor in Malaysia. Mm. There's no rival there's, there's nobody else selling a mid-size MPV Brand new To compete with the Serena Even when it was launched as the earlier model It didn't have a competition Because the last time there was a competition It was the Mazda Biante Which was discontinued a few years ago uh, Honda doesn't have a mid-size MPV Toyota doesn't have one The Europeans don't have it uh, Also the Koreans So Nissan is king of the castle Sneaky the only competitor will come from uh, the gray market, which is a used recon Japanese compact MPVs, which is the Honda Spada and the Toyota Voxy. Now, both these recon vehicles are just about 20, 30,000 cheaper than this brand new Serena S Hybrid. So, mm. I think with this coming in, some of those cars' sales will start reducing
1: by quite a bit. Now, then, ladies and gentlemen, shall we wrap up here? Yep, I think it's time to. Right, we're moving on to part two just after these messages. You tuned into Cruise Control with myself, Rich Bradbury, Ali Johan, and of course Daniel Fernandez from dsf.my. When we come back, why the Malaysian road tax does not last? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Don't go anywhere. BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM. I'm Rich Bradbury. I'm joined, as usual, by Ali Johan and, of course, Daniel Fernandez from dsf.my. Sticky topic today, something to talk about. Our road tax does not stick properly, and sometimes it doesn't even last a few weeks. Daniel, come on, talk to me about this. Why? What's been going on?
0: I don't know what's been going on. Like, you know, for years, I, I can't remember how long. Yeah? From the time uh, we got this new Rotex disc, peel it off and you peel it on your windscreen and everything else. Mm. Initially, they used to work perfectly well. You know, they're supposed to last a year, because the Rotex is for a year, you know? Mm-hmm. So you stick it on your windscreen, and then when you want to peel it off, okay, there used to be some issue with peeling it off, and then people came up with a lot of creative ways, using soapy water, using uh, WD-40, using all kinds of little devices, and it worked, it did well and all that. Then the last few years, I think the last four or five years, I can't remember when, I didn't, I didn't follow the timeline, it just became ridiculous to even peel it off from new. You get what I mean? The paper, yes. Yeah, the paper. When you receive it, and you try and peel it off, you know, it'll suddenly just tear at one corner, tear at another corner, and then you're trying to, like, hold it together, and you're trying to work it out. And then, you know, people came up with a lot of solutions. I I've, I've used the solutions, okay? Instead of peeling it out, you cut it out, and then you laminate it. The other option is basically when you peel it out, you have to use a certain way with your thumb to massage it out, you know? You should be very, very calm Ah. and careful. And then you get it out, go to a window tint shop and you get a little piece of plastic, cut it to size, you Mm -hmm. stick it on the plastic, and then you stick that back on your windscreen, okay? Mm. So there are all of these solutions, but my question with this article was, you know, there were a lot of feedback from, from Facebook, 237 comments just in the first day of writing this article. Everybody's got the same situation, but some of them said, oh, why can't you go and do just what I just mentioned, you know, the tint, window tint, Uh, massage it slowly, laminate it and everything else. Now, I'm paying for my Rotex disc, right? Mm, mm. I'm getting it. Why do I need to go then to a tin shop and get the material? Why do I need to go and then laminate it? I should be able to, just like in any other country, take the Rotex, peel it off cleanly, stick it on my window. When it's expired, remove it, and stick a new one. Agreed. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, you're a car owner in, in this country, Richard. I'm sure you've yeah. had the same problem.
1: Every time I've tried to peel it off, the thing has ripped. Okay. Every single time.
0: What about you, Ali? Same for me. <laughs> and you know, after I did this article, the, the funny thing is, some people said to me, hey, why are you making a big issue about this? You know, people, friends of mine who called me and say, hey, why are you making a big issue? I said, don't you think it's troublesome? Don't you think that somebody should actually sit down with the road transfer department and say, hey, your vendor is not doing his job. You know what? Because this is not mm. rocket science.
1: Mm. I mean, why is it on plastic and not on paper, first of all, right? Okay,
0: we used to have it on paper.
1: Right. So, I mean, for, we're complaining about, you know, the planet's in trouble and we should be using less plastics and mm. one thing or another. Paper is recyclable, very easy to obtain. We yes. could go back to paper. And then all you need, you know those little things that you used to stick on the side of like... Um, fish tanks or whatever that yes you right. you know what i mean yes those you could just use that again and nobody has to tear anything nobody has Correct. to rip anything it's boom you can take it off it's reusable yep it's irritating yes and the thing is what what really gets me is this okay i i test
0: drive cars every week i'm lucky enough to you know get a new car almost every week for a few days you know if you're like, jealous sorry anyway <laughs> so now some of the cars i get are like two weeks old some are like a month old I've gotten cars that are less than a month old, maybe maybe three weeks, maybe two weeks, and it's already coming to pieces, you know? It's been mm-hmm. stuck on properly, but, you know, under the sun and under everything else, it's starting to come to pieces. And then when I, when I return the car, I speak to the person in charge, say, hey, what happened to your rotate? Hey, boss, usual, you know? It's mm. it's become such a thing like ah, usual We just accept it. There was a, there was a big article about how there's too many cars in Malaysia and we have less people than cars and everything else. That's for another another day uh, debate. But can you imagine all these? Say now, fifty percent of those cars, thirty-three million cars. Let's say fifty percent renew their road tax every year. Okay, forget about those cars that are junked and you know scrapped and whatever else. So you got fifteen to sixteen million new road tax discs coming out. Every year, okay? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine how much money is being made by the guy who makes this, mm. the company that makes That's this? That's a they, lot. Yes, and they don't even do it properly. And it's a great business because you can't walk away without having a road tax.
1: This is true. This and is
0: you, true. And, and, you know, I've also come to police roadblocks and in general roadblocks, and they've seen my road tax, which has gone to shreds. And the policeman can't even read the road tax, but he looks at me and he looks at a road tax and he just waves me along because he can't argue with me. He probably has a car at home in even a worse
1: situation. Exactly. It's it's become like accepted that it's going to be bad. Yes. Now, it wasn't all that long ago that uh, we had to renew our road tax, And I was right. sat there in the car, right, gently, slowly peeling it off like right. my life depended on it, you know, and I thought I was doing a good job. And then a little piece teared. Right. Almost like a heart. triangle, right? Almost like a triangle. My other half was screaming at me. She's like, I told you to take care of it. I told you to be quiet. I told, and I'm like, I, I, I could have used a pair of tweezers, you know, and taken a week to do this, and the same thing would have happened. So yeah, the other yeah. issue with this Rotex
0: sticker is it creates problems between couples. Yes. <laughs> unwanted anger, unwanted stress.
1: <laughs> we should do oh something about this. So, the, the thing, Somebody should, yes. Yes,
2: yeah, somebody's going to get a hurting. Anyway, <laughs> how do our neighboring countries do it? What their road tax look like? Okay, Singapore uses
0: a paper road tax. Thailand uses a paper road tax. They don't seem to have this problem. Maybe they have some internal problems with are not sharing us. But, you know, Singapore is easy to government. It's a small country. They don't sell too many cars. <laughs> so the thing is now, if the police already have in their system all our valid road tax and insurance details, We can be easily driving across without any issue. So I'm saying, you know, why bother producing this, giving us all heartache, you know? Richard arguing with his better half. I'm arguing with whoever else, you know? And and just not have this, you know? Just pay your road tax and it goes into the system and you got your insurance document. Maybe keep a copy of your insurance document in your dashboard as a double check if a policeman stops you and he doesn't have a valid, I mean, a running computer. You, You get what I mean,
1: Mm, because mm, you
0: yeah. can't have Rotex without insurance, and there's no point buying insurance if you don't have Rotex. There you go. Okay.
1: Right. Time for us to wrap up here. I told you it was a sticky situation. Mm. Let us know, folks, what you think about this. You can get us on WhatsApp, 18 789 We might not get back to your messages immediately, but we'll have a look and get back next week. Now, third and final part coming up in just a moment. It's a car review, and it is the Volvo XC40 Recharge. We'll be right back after these messages here on Cruise Control, BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Cruise Control. We've been through two of the uh, parts of the show. We've got a third part coming up right now. And if you are only just joining us, you've missed things about uh, the launch of the Honda HRVs, Jaguar's XFs, new look, the Maserati Gricali the new Proton X70 variant and the Nissan Serena S hybrid we then spoke about the road tax and how it doesn't stick and how it tears and it causes arguments and divorces and probably deaths in some places and then we're going to wrap up now with a car review the Volvo XC40 Recharge
0: okay so you know electric cars are big news the last few months big news and reason why it's big news in Malaysia is not because people want to go I mean I'm, I'm saying this based on people i've talked to not because they want to go you know green and save the planet and emission free and you know i want to be a clean living uh, person in malaysia no 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 because all electric cars in malaysia now are tax free mm-hmm. we know that car taxes in malaysia are high one of the highest in the world i think the top 10, you know, of of world car prices. Uh, Malaysians have always argued about our car prices. You know, whenever they travel overseas, the first thing they say, oh, in this country, the car is cheaper. In that country, the car is cheaper. I think the only place where they can't argue is uh, Singapore and Hong Kong, you know? Mm. So, but those are little islands. So, Malaysia has always had high taxes on cars. Plus, we also had a a scale-up high tax on road tax. So, the government to encourage the use of electric cars, decided that for two years, free road tax on electric cars. Free road tax means doesn't matter what capacity, how powerful your battery is and all that. Free road tax and no importation tax at all. So what has happened is there's been a big surge in demand. Any electric car launched in Malaysia is sold out right now. And when I say any, I'm talking from Korean to German to to made in China and also Swedish. So when Volvo launched its XC40 Recharge, they were the first to launch a local assembled um, electric car. Because they've already got an assembly facility here. They've been doing their plug-in hybrids. So it just makes sense for them to do this. And Volvo is a car manufacturer. has said by 2025, it wants half of its cars to be electric and the rest hybrid. No more pure petrol cars or diesel cars at all. And by 2030, Volvo does not want to have anything but electric cars in their showroom.
1: Oh, so yes.
0: It's a grand move, but this is my question. In 2030... If I'm still a petrol head and I want to buy a new petrol car, I'm not going to walk into a Volvo showroom. That's the risk they're willing to take. They're willing to take that risk because maybe by then I'll be dead. Or (laughs) a lot of people like me won't be around. But I'm still thinking there'll still be people who want these cars. But anyway, this is the goal set by Volvo Global. Now, they're not alone. A lot of the German car manufacturers are following them. The French is following them. Now, the Japanese and Koreans are still holding back and saying, okay, this is a you know a European thing. Let them go ahead first. We'll watch and see. So, Volvo launched this XC40 Recharge. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit long-winded here, but I want to explain the whole scenario. Pure electric car, few months ago, they did a little test drive. Then now, uh, a couple of weeks ago, they gave me the car for a week. Now, we normally get test drive cars three days, four days. But Volvo gave it to me for a week. There was a reason. Now, they wanted me to experience a fully charged electric car and see whether I could live with it on a week mm. of charge. Now, like anybody else, if you take an electric car out for Tesla, are any of you guys driven an electric car?
2: No, actually. Okay, So
0: so the next time I get an electric car, I'm going to make an effort to meet up with you guys just to show you why there's a big demand for electric cars beyond the free tax and free road tax. These cars accelerate at insane speeds. Because there's Mm -hmm. no gradual acceleration. You tap the accelerator, boom, it goes, you know? And it's so intoxicating. But when you keep doing that, you're just draining the juice from the battery. You understand what I'm Mm, saying? mm, mm. So Volvo or, you know, whether it's Hyundai or Mercedes-Benz or even Tesla, if you keep accelerating hard, yes, it's, it's so much fun, but you keep finishing up the juice so when we got the car we said no we're not going to do that okay you'll try it once or twice just to you know entertain ourselves but most of the time we drove it like how we drive our normal cars you know doing errands going to work Mm. coming back visiting people a couple of short highway runs not not very far just to you know get the feel of a one week usage you know so i took this volvo out when i got it it was 97 percent of battery power I drove it around, uh, went out at night, took my kids for a few joy rides. But you know, no hard acceleration except once or twice, just to to show them the kind of power delivery this this electric cars have. And it was a very intoxicating day. Were entertained, and you know, even I was entertained because and this is fun. It's like it's like getting into a 911 GT3 and just whacking it, you know. But it's even faster mm. because the the torque keeps going and going and going and going, despite the fact that this car is an SUV, you know. Now mm. drove it around. Only on the fifth day did I notice the battery go down to 30%. Wow. That means five days, including heavy traffic, including going to KL City at the worst time possible and, you know, wasting two hours trying to get in and out of the city. Five days, that's all I used. So it was pretty good. Of course, this is a brand new car, brand new battery. I decided, okay, I don't want to take it down to say 20% or 15% of battery power because I've got a few more days. So I took it to a fast charger, a DC fast charger. Now, if you plug it into a normal home um, a wall box, you know, if you have electrical wall box for hybrid and electric cars, it'll take seven to eight hours for a full charge, mm-hmm. okay? If you happen to be, in, you know, visiting someone in Epo and you just use your normal three-point plug, it'll probably take nine to 10 hours. But this is like any other electric car. But with the DC fast charger, I had full capacity battery in less than 25 minutes.
1: Are you serious?
0: Yes. and That's crazy. Yes. But that's how the DC fast charger works. But remember, there's a not you don't have a lot of DC fast chargers in Malaysia yet, mm. but they're coming up very fast. Mm. Okay. So full charge, got it going. And, you know, while waiting, I had a free cup of coffee because the person there was very nice to me. You know, I said, come, come on, use our DC fast charger. You can talk about it. Had a cup of coffee, got back in the car, drove the car again, two days just doing like what I'll do with anybody else's test car, send it back, still a lot of juice in the battery. So the whole experience taught me this. If you are going to buy an electric car and for some reason you live in a condominium, you know, you live somewhere where you don't have a wall box or a DC fast charger, seriously, you only need to charge it maybe once every five, six days. Which means you can charge it overnight. So if you live in a condo, yes, you you have to you have to find a plug point. But you just leave it overnight let it trickle charge you know when you park the car maybe at 9 9 pm you trickle charge it morning you wake up at 6 7 o'clock you come down it's fully charged you unplug it and you have it for the next 5 6 days now if you mm. live in a, in a house and you can afford a, a wall box which is about 5 to 7000 ringgit you can get the charge faster but you can still keep it on a little trickle charge the same the same plug point you used to plug in your you know your grass cutter or your car wash jet or you know Mm. Your hair dryer, you know. So it's not a big issue. Now, the only problem is if you go long distance and you have to plan your journey. Now, a lot of people have been writing about, you know, driving around a country with electric car and got no issue. They've been charging and this and that. But there are also people who don't tell you the problems they've had. Now, the reason why you have these problems is because sometimes you go there, there are charges there, but there are other people using it. Because why? Mm-hmm. Plug-in hybrids are also using it. And there are about 30,000 plug-in hybrids running around the country. So, it's first come, first serve. That's number one. Number two, you know, I was lucky enough. I went to a DC fast charger where they had a cafe and I, I got a free cup of coffee. You can't be sitting down and having coffee all the time. Right? <laughs> yeah, true. Okay. Now, if you're with the family, if you've got older kids, yeah, you can stop somewhere and wait for 25 minutes, 30 minutes. But if you've got young kids, they are going to be agitated. Yeah, so you've got to think of all this in terms of long-distance driving. But here is my solution. Right now, I think if you buy an electric car, don't be so ambitious to think, to use it often to go on long road trips. Because Mm -hmm. let's be frank, most car buyers who can pay this kind of money are not people who have just one car at home. They'll probably Mm -hmm. have another Mm -hmm. petrol or plug-in hybrid. So for your long-distance drive, take your normal car, take your petrol-driven car, or even you might have a diesel pickup truck. Use your electric car for the city. Use your electric car for daily commuting. Use your electric car if you're, you know, sending kids to school, going to the supermarket or maybe just going to office and back, you know. And you'll be able to use it happily. The city is where you want to reduce the carbon emissions. On a long-distance drive, they've got enough trees along the way to, to sort that out. Mm-hmm. So this this Volvo XC40 selling price is two hundred and sixty two thousand ringgit. It's slightly more than the petrol-driven one because you've got a lot of extra features, you've got electric, the EV battery in it, but it's duty-free. Now, if it was with full duty, I think it'll be at least 50, 60, 70, 80,000 ringgit more, because electric cars are not cheap. The 0 to 100 acceleration time is 4.9 seconds. Now, if you got a full charge on very reasonable driving, not not accelerating all the time, you'll be able to get 400 kilometers of range. Now, if you drive like a maniac all the time, it could go down to 200 whether it's 400 or 200 it's a way you drive now if you go somewhere in between like what i did you cover 300 over kilometers in 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 6 5 to 6 days that's good enough right
2: yeah. yeah that sounds like a daily
0: commute to and back from work yes so if you're a say a government servant or you're someone who works in an office you know every day you go in the morning at 8 and you come back home at 8 this is probably one of the best solutions forget about thinking about oh is there one in the shopping mall is there one in the hotel where i'm going to go That's all for, you know, for people who are on like emergency or, you know, something happened and you need to get a quick charge. A normal person commuting, I think once a week, you charge it at home, you're fine. This is what it's going to be like.
2: It sounds to me like if you're going to invest in an electric car, you have to include in charging routine. This sounds like something you could do on a weekend. You just leave it overnight, Saturday to Sunday morning. Exactly. And then you drive it for one whole week.
0: Exactly. On a trickle charge, you'll still have to spend 78 hours and you know, you can do it while you're sleeping, like I said. So it won't really affect your life. Now, if, for example, uh, you, you charge it on a Sunday and then you use it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday, it's down to 25%, say, okay. And then suddenly you get a call. Okay, it's bad news. Someone in Penang is not so well, close family, and you need to rush down. You cannot do that, you know, unless you have access right. to a DC fast charger. This is why I'm saying this car has its limitations. Yes, there are charging stations along the way, but you wouldn't want to risk zooming down to Penang on an emergency, knowing that you only have 24% of charge, you know? And I know some people have done this and they've been stuck along the way. The great thing about this, this, this Volvo XC40 is the navigation system, if you're if you're now rushing to say uh EPO, okay, from KL, and then you plot in the address in EPO, it will tell you whether you can make it or not based on your current driving cycle average, it'll tell you whether you can make it or it'll tell you, listen, there's a charging station in between. Please go there and charge at this point. So the navigation system works with the the software to tell you all this. But again, you you don't want to risk this. You can can drive it down to 5%. That's not a problem. You can drive it down to 4%. But what if suddenly you just, poop, go to zero and then what happens? Because if you talk to software engineers that work with electric car companies, they will tell you roughly the same thing. From 20% to 10%, the charge goes down quite fast.
1: Right. You know, right. It, 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 As it does on your phones as well. You, exactly. You know, you look exactly. It, you're like, oh, I've got 20%. And before you know it, oh, four 4%? Yeah. That,
0: that last 20% <laughs> seems to be moving quite fast. So if you know you're at 20%, don't risk it. You know, mm. That is why you don't want this as your only kind of house. Until today, I, I don't know of anyone, there might be, who has just an electric car at home and nothing else. They've all got either a plug-in hybrid or a petrol or diesel car at home also.
1: Okay, okay then. I mean, there's a there's a whole bunch of shows that we could have in here about solutions to charging your vehicle whilst it's moving, and but that's for another show, isn't it? Yes all right time for us to wrap up ladies and gents for this week's edition of cruise control i've been rich bradbury and on behalf of ali johan and of course daniel fernandez from dsf.my that's all the time we've got for this week if you missed any part of this show don't forget you can download the podcast wherever you normally get it from we recommend using the bfm app it's had a nice shiny new facelift head over to the app store or google play to pick it up we'll be back same time same place next week for cruise control here on bfm 89.9